Alright, we're back. Welcome to episode two. Yes. Yes, I just counted. Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, so we're episode two. Uh like we mentioned, um we feel slightly like uh twilight our twilight episode was not the best. But we're learning our groove. We're going to get there. It was only the first episode. So. I know. <coughs> I know. It's just us being a little bit, I think, self-conscious, too, about um, how it's turning out. Like, when I listened to the first episode and I just told myself, do I really sound like that? <laughs> that was my thing. Like, do I really sound like that's my voice? Okay, I sound like a five-year-old. I get it. <laughs> but... um. Now, hopefully, we're going to get into the flow of of things with this new book that we read last week. But, Judith, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm just going to cough into the mic the whole time. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I listened kidding. to episode zero, and all I could hear was Judith going, <clears throat> the whole time. I texted you. I was like, Judith, you coughed through the entire episode. <laughs> I know. It was my bad. I don't know what was happening. It's okay. I, ha- I mean, you could probably be doing the same thing in the other episode, and I didn't notice. <laughs> I don't think I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, I just I guess I want to tell people a little bit about uh me a little bit more because you know. Um, how are you here? Let, let me set you up. Thank you. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I just opened up a box from Amazon. Um, and it has my dog's costumes, so I'm excited. As soon as this is over, I'm totally going to dress them up. Um, I have two dogs. One is a 10-year-old Morky, um, half Yorkie, half Maltese, and he's going to be a Jedi, and he's going to have his little robe and everything, and it totally fits his personality because he's super chill, and he is, like, meditating the entire time, is <laughs> if you want to call that sleeping <laughs> being just sleeping and and then we have a like five month old pug and he's evil he just runs around the house and he bites on everybody he jumps over judith and like stabs her in the stomach with all with his legs and he's gonna be darth vader so i'm excited to put them in their costume but talking about my dogs i actually have a really funny story that i don't think i've told you okay tell me so this is like two weeks ago and it's it was like the first time we were taking bruno on a pretty long car ride um and it was about an hour and bruno's in the car and he's very restless but it's kind of normal because he's a puppy he's restless no matter what and then um because he's a pug his like bottom is exposed and Alex and I have noticed that when he has to poop, it kind of like puckers. <laughs> <laughs> TMI for those people that are a little squeamish. And so Alex t- is driving and then he looks over at me and he says, oh, no, he has to poop. And we're on the freeway. So there's like we can't there's, you know, the exit's not right away. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to poop. And I'm panicking. And I put my hand under his butt. And then Alex was like, don't catch it. Put him on the floor. So I like put him on the floor. My poor puppy is like holding it because he waited until I got the puppy bag out, like the poop bag out, put it under him 
and then he pooped in the bag. Oh, you think maybe he was scared? I think so, but it was like, I was just in the moment of panic. I was about to catch his poop, and Alex <laughs> was like, "What are you doing? Just put it on the, just put Bruno on the floor. Like we have rubber mats. If he poops, like we could just wash it." But that was my my silly little story of my my puppy. You're like mom story. Yeah, that's my mom story. I'm a dog mom. Oh, and by the way, because I did have somebody tell me, um, Alex is my fiance, so um, he's here. He does all the computer stuff. He records us. Um, Somebody told me, like, well, I know who Alex is, but you should probably introduce him because no, maybe other people don't know who Alex is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alex, I don't know if Roxana told you. Uh, You have a fan? You didn't tell him? Yeah, I did send it to him, but, you know, he wants you to tell him again. Okay, so, okay, Alex, okay, let my turn. <laughs> so, I, my friend was listening to it, and then he's all like, damn, the real MVP is Alex. <laughs> so, you have a fan. <laughs> there you right? go. Yeah, and I, at first I debated on telling him, because, you know, <laughs> se le va a subir. He's going to want to find a new podcast. I know. He's going to be like, you know what? You guys aren't good enough anymore. I'm going to go be like sound engineer for somebody else. And you better put me on your resume because I will tell them I gave you that title. You stay here. I can't do what he does. I don't think I have the patience for that. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know what he does. I just saw you look at all the cables. You literally just looked at all the cables and it was like, yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> I barely work my iPhone. <laughs> I had to learn how to like edit our videos when we were on quarantine. So that was, that was, fun. That was enough uh, editing for me. That was horrible. Yeah. Not our podcast. <laughs> the editing of the videos. Yeah, the editing of the videos. Um, so many things could so go wrong. Things. So by now, hopefully, you've listened to episode one, which I guess we're going to name. What are we going to name it? Oh, we're going to name it, uh, or it is being named. Nostalgia? The nostalgia of it. Because take a shot every time we say nostalgia. Like, just just, just do, do it. it. Just get your, or your bottle of wine, take a sip every time we say whatever your choice of uh, poison is, have it ready because we say it a lot. And, um, yeah. Or when I say, um, you can do that too. That works. <laughs> but the, and nostalgia just killed me. <laughs> the nostalgia of the it The nostalgia was of our nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nostalgia of this last episode. <laughs> <It was. laughs> listen, we're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. We learn every time we listen to ourselves. And we're trying to improve. We're trying to. Um, make you guys. Uh, I just said um. Now I'm conscious of it. No, you're fine. Fine, fine. Uh, but yeah, we're we're trying uh really hard to make sure that you guys are enjoying what we're putting out. Um, if not, who cares? <laughs> 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 this is for Judith and I, and we're having fun. And yeah, if you happen to have uh fun listening to it, then yeah, listen to it. Then we're good. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, but if you don't, then that's, that's okay fine. too. We're just doing Just follow it. and subscribe and play it in the background, <laughs> please. Thank you. Yeah, we're almost at a million uh, dollars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a 
Alice, Alice looked at us and he's like, no. No, don't say that. <laughs> We're sponsored by you. you. Isn't that Aww. enough? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> he opens and a butterfly comes out. And then it dies. <laughs> How sad it is. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have anything in there to eat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so this week. Are you ready? <sighs> yeah, I'm ready. It's a bummer story. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. It's heavy yeah. for people who don't know who this person is. Who is this person? It's Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, we read it through the eyes of Anne Rule, um, which I think she did a, an amazing job writing it. I Oh, wait, are we going to do it? The I liked it or didn't like it? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. Ready? One, One two, two, three. three. I, I liked it. it. I liked but it. But I have thoughts. I know you don't. <laughs> I kept on, like, staring at her. I was like, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? And she just looked at me, eh, eh, and I'm like, what? And then I wanted to be like, why don't you like? She goes, I'll talk about it later. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's my... <laughs> So, okay. yeah. do you want to go over it first? Um, I think, I think, yeah. If you want to give the summary of it, and then <sighs> okay. wait, no, in your book you have. Yeah, the notes. but I took a picture first of like okay, because I started writing notes while I was like, at work. <laughs> at work. <laughs> oh, at work. <laughs> so what we're trying to do, uh, just to kind of make it a little bit more concise and easier to follow is um, from what we noticed in our last episode. So every other week, one of us is going to summarize the story It quickly. Like, we're not going to go into too much depth of it. Like, you read it, we hope. Um, do your homework. And then uh, then talk once we talk about it, if we're jumping back and forth, then it's okay because hopefully if you did read it, then you can follow along that way. Okay. Um, so before we start, um, for those of you who don't know, the story that we read is The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, and it's about the Nectori- Nectorious? 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 Notorious. <laughs> no, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Serial killer. <laughs> Ted Bundy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I need to get the coughs out. Hold on. <coughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that out. Okay. So, it all started. Ready? It's it's going to be like a bunch of dates, but I feel like it's important to... Um, one thing I want everyone to know is that we're not like... Like, what is it called? Like, being like, oh, like being a circular is cool because it's fucking not. <laughs> like, please don't kill anyone. It's not? No. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, and, like, I feel like it's important. This one's going to be a little bit longer because I just feel like it's important to um, recognize a lot of these victims and, mm-hmm. you know, to pay tribute to them because a lot of them, as you will, like, hear, were either never found or we never knew if he did it or not because he never really confessed. 
and those um, poor parents just never got that. <clears throat> they never got that chance to kind of stop. <laughs> and closure. Be, yeah. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> Why so serious? That's DC, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. Comics. (laughs) Wait, wait. Now, now bonus round. The Joker? Oh. Yay. (laughs) Double or nothing. What movie? The one with Batman in it. (laughs) (laughs) The Dark Knight. Yeah. I knew it. I was in high school when that came out. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So we'll start off with 1974. No. No. That's where she started. This is where Anne Rule started off. She started off in 1974 with an, an unexpected murder. So we're going to jump back to that. So in 1946, Theodore Bundy was um, basically born to an, as a bastard, basically, um, an illegit- illegitimate child. So he didn't know who his dad was. Mm-hmm. Um, mom got pregnant, left her house, and had Theodore. And then came back home. She was kind of like, you know, it's the 40s. Yeah. Like, you can't have a kid out of wedlock. Yeah, like, that's kind of fucked up. Um, fucked up that people think that it's not okay. People can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and have babies. People should support you instead of stigmatize you. Yeah. That's fine. So her name was Eleanor. So after she had her child... She went back home, and she basically just said, oh, uh, Theodore, I'm your sister. And he said that her parents were his parents, so he kind of grew up a little bit confused about that. So after a while, like, people were kept on talking. She didn't want him to grow up around that because he didn't know. He was probably, like, four or something. So she left, got a job, and then she got married to um, a guy named... Johnny Bundy. So after then, that's in 1951, uh, Theodore is renamed Theodore Robert Bundy, which is his full name, who you can Google. <laughs> see his face. I don't know. See what he looks Please like. Please see his face and then <clears throat> come back to me and tell me, is he handsome or not? So he grows up. Uh, <laughs> what? We'll get to that part later. Just, just Google his picture. <clears throat> So, as he's into this new house and, you know, things are going going pretty well, I guess, um, mom is always supporting him and being like, he's such a smart boy. He has his bright future ahead of him. So, in 1967, he meets, I guess you would say, like, the love of his life, Stephanie Brooks. Um, but he, he always thought, like, oh, she's out of my league because she's rich, I'm poor, she's going to want all these elaborate things that I don't have. So, um, he's 20 years old. He's in love. Um, Stephanie Brooks leaves to go to, like, another school. And, like, because she's going to college because she's 20. And uh, that was her way of kind of being like, eh, that's it. Like, I don't want to be with you anymore. But she didn't know how to do it. She wanted to do it kind of, like, subtle. Mm-hmm. 
1968, she left him. Ted was upset. Um, and then he is, like, kind of going through this, like, myth, mid-like crisis. So he goes back to where his grandpa was and everything. And he finds out, like, that he's, uh, that he was born out of wedlock and he doesn't know who, well, he does know who his dad is because he finds out, like, he's a Marine and was in college. But never met him, never will, doesn't know, like, where he lives, doesn't know anything about him. Um, <clears throat> I can hear Bruno. I know. <laughs> It's okay. So <clears throat> after like years, he's still um, contacting Stephanie. Um, he visits her, like where she she works, and like she like he expects her to be like, "Oh hey, like what's up? Like how are you?" But she's kind of like, "Oh, like what are you doing here?" Yeah, like she doesn't really want anything to do with him. Um, just because like I guess he was right in a sense. Like she had like this life set out for her. Yeah, and she knew that he couldn't give it to her. Mm-hmm. She had like certain expectations based on like her social status and her economic status, like who she should end up with. Basically. Yeah, like she, I think she did like at one like at one point did love him, but she was just kind of like she's like he's not gonna give me my like private house and like so I can go skiing or yeah. like this this and that. So in nineteen sixty nine. Um, sorry. <laughs> Your face, like, what did I write? <laughs> what did I, I know, I write sloppy. Okay, so in nineteen sixteen, so in 1968, um, Stephanie Brooks left, and then blah, blah, blah. He goes to see her, but she's not, like, she's like, eh. So a year later, in 1969, he meets the woman that he kind of settles down with for a long time, which is Meg. Yeah. Um, so she's a divorcee. She has a daughter. <laughs> and she, like, basically, like, falls in love with him because, like, I think this was, like, really funny. She goes, she's not the pretty, like, Admiral says. Yeah. She's not the prettiest. And I'm like, oh. Which, what, I mean, what if she's the nicest? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what does that say about Anne Rule? Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, maybe it was something he said to her, like, oh, she's not the prettiest, but, like, she's the one who took me. I That's don't know. That's so sad. That is sad. That is sad. So, like, which, again, we'll get to because, like, I guess this is the type of women he kind of went for. Like, the insecure kind of, like, defenseless, I would say. Well, I'm, I think, <clears throat> um, I mean, and I could be wrong, but I think... Yes, insecure, but only in the sense that they were distracted at the time. Yes, she, but and, she does. But he he does like to. For Meg, it was kind of not his mo because she didn't originally, um, as we'll learn later, like have the characteristics that he liked. Uh, and he actually went off. Uh, he went towards women that were in college and were somewhat like intelligent. But for some reason, we're distracted at the time, whether it was, like, an argument with someone, they were stressed about a test, and... Finals, and all that. Yeah. So, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, then the book goes off to where Anne meets Ted Mundy, which is always, like, a fun little fact for me that he worked at a... Oh, sorry. That he worked at a... What is it called? Uh, uh, like, a life crisis life, center? Yeah. So, that, if you don't know, is where people call and... They're being, like, talked down to by the people to, like, not commit suicide and mm-hmm. stuff. 
So that's where he worked. So Anne Rule does describe like, oh, he may have taken a lot of lives, but he also saved lives. I actually wrote that down too. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I, I wrote, he saves lives as a suicide dispatcher. Uh, and that's where he met Anne Rule. Which is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's really ironic. Okay, so, you know, years are going by. He is still obsessed with Stephanie Brooks. Um, he goes, he applies to law school here in L.A. Um, for UC Berkeley. Um, and then, like, Anne Rule's always, like, he, it was, it's strange because he was so nice. Like, he would always, at the end of the night, because they would work, like, late shifts, he would walk me to my car because he'd be like, I want you to be safe. This is not. Um... <clears throat> So he gets accepted at the University of Tacoma. I don't know if that's what it's called, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but so in Tacoma University, <clears throat> and um, it goes on like he, this is like in 1973. So it's you okay, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so it's 
Yeah, like, oh, you you <clears throat> thought I wasn't good enough for you the first time and you dumped me. I'm going to woo you, make you fall in love with me, and then I'm going to do the exact same thing and dump you. Yeah, which he does. And I was like, ooh. I mean, yeah. I would do the same, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't go on a murderous wow. rampage. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm scared. So that same year, in 1974, Jody Lance um, lives in an underground room, so basically a basement um, in Seattle. And is found uh, with blood on her face and hair. She's beaten by beaten by a metal rod, which is uh, once they remove the co- covers, they find it um, stabbed, like not stabbed. Um, sh- like what is what was the word? Um, it was forced into her vagina. Oh, uh, like bludgeoned into? No, it was like. I mean, it penetrated. Her. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, you guys get it. Yeah. It must, yeah. But she survived. She's like yeah. one of the few survivors of Ted Bundy. But she's in a coma and doesn't rem- remember anything past those 10 days. Yeah. So she doesn't remember anything. I mean, I wouldn't want to remember either. <laughs> Which is great. So, like, here's the list of victims that happened within the, that year alone. So then it's Linda. She hosts a radio. No one saw her after she walked home, was trying to walk home. She, um, no, she gets, she gets home, watches a movie with her friends. Then she says, all right, I'm going to go to bed. They don't find, her alarm is going on, off, and then they go into her room and she's not there. And the fucked up thing about that, this one that I was like, fuck, that's so fucked up. There was blood on her nightgown and on her pillow. But when she, they took her, or he took her, he had time to dress her. So yeah. that's so like, like I don't like people were in the house and he took her, which is so fucking crazy. Yeah. So like I don't know if he like beat her and then dressed her up or was like, hey, get dressed, we're leaving, or like I don't know that. Like if if he did it while she was unconscious, that's fu- like. That's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. 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 It's a <laughs> crazy. crazy. So then another woman, Donna, missing. Susan in April, missing. Describe. Oh, this is when people start kind of noticing this man walking around with a sling on his hand asking for help around the universe, around some university saying like, hey, I need help. Can you help me put my books in my car? Yeah. So... This girl, Suzanne, is missing, but other girls uh, said that they saw this man asking, like, them for help, but they were like, nah. Like, oh, I can't right now, and they'd walk away. So they were, like, the lucky few that just maybe got a bad vibe. And they were like, no, I'm okay, thanks. Like, ask someone else. Fuck you. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you don't have to always be polite. No, fuck that. And also, like, if – sometimes it's true. Like, if a grown man, an adult, is asking you for help – no. <laughs> no? Yeah, like, like no, fuck say no. no. Like, yeah, say no. Like, it's okay to say no. Because you don't know what, like, they're going like to fucking guy, do. This guy, I mean, <clears throat> it's sad to say because we always want to help. We always want to be the one, like, as a human, I mean, I would hope everybody wants to help. But look at what this guy did. Yeah, like, he, the, he preyed on these poor girls who were kind enough to, 
be like, oh, yeah, I see that you're in trouble. Let me help you. And then the moment you turn around, he's going to hit you with the crowbar on the head and you're out. Yeah, that's it for you. Lights out. But like, it's it's, if it's, it's okay. hard. It's okay. I would say. Like if you're with someone else. Someone or, else or in a crowd. Because I know that there's also the problem of right now where some some person's being like beat to death. And people just stand around and like are on their phones instead of helping. In that in that situation, help. Because there's people around. Like you have witnesses. But if you're by yourself in the parking lot of in your the school, dark. somewhere in the dark, and somebody says, I need help. It's okay to be like, well, let me go get somebody that can help you. Because you don't, you do not have to help anyone. I mean, like Roxana said, like, you know, if someone's, you know. If it gives you a bad vibe, it's okay. Trust your gut instinct. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. (sighs) Okay. So more girls are going missing. These are like 26 days apart. So like. Girl missing, like, 26 days go by. Another girl. Um, so there's kind of, like, a consistency. So then there's uh, Georgianne, who goes missing at the university. And, again, witnesses see this man with a sling. And they're like, hey, like, this guy came up to me and was like, that he needed help and he had a sling. So, like, now there's kind of, like, word around, like, saying, like, hey, like, maybe you shouldn't help a man with a sling. <laughs> I was like, okay. <clears throat> so by summer of 74, they're finding bodies and they're seeing this pattern. Or like they have like the lineup of the girls who are missing and they see a pattern. Long brown hair split in the middle, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same um, kind of characteristics, like style, yeah. of, of Stephanie. So yeah, he had a type. His type were Stephanie looking girls. Yeah. Who had long hair, wore white, smart, or he, like you said, he kind of got them when they were either distracted, it was finals, they were in a fight, and he saw that they were kind of like in the middle of a distress. Yeah. <clears throat> so, summer of 1974, he's at Lake Mamish. Mamish? Lake yeah, yeah, I think like Lake <laughs> And this man that people overheard say that his name was Ted was asking girls if he can help um, him. He had crutches <clears throat> and he said that he needed help with his cell phone. And that day, two girls go missing. Which is another red flag. Why would a man ask, ask a woman? Yeah, I mean, not that we can't do it. We can totally do it. But it's but the, 1974. Yeah. The obvious thing would be that Ted would ask an, a man. M- males. Like, yeah. hey, I need strong. Especially the freaking sailboat. Like, come on. And, like, the sketchiest part, too, is that he's, like, once the girls got. Because he did ask this one girl. And once the girl got to his car, she goes, where's your sailboat? He goes, oh, it's at home. Can you come with me to go get it? And then she's, like, uh, no. Yeah. And she walked away. Yeah. <sighs> so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after that, since there it was the lake, it was summer. There a lot of people, girls and did notice him because he was described as a handsome man, who portrayed himself to have money. Like he would wear like these like tennis outfits. I guess was that's that's fancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Country yeah. club. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> country, country. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell, they can kind of get like a sketch of what he may look like. So after that end rule, she works, she used to work at a police department and she's like, she saw this picture of this man. <clears throat> she was like, oh fuck, that kind of looks like Ted. And she reads that he said that his name was Ted. So she calls it in and she's like, hey, can you just like check if this guy has a car? Because the last time she saw him, he was poor. He didn't have a car. And the car, his iconic car is a, like a tan orange. Like a tan, it's a Volkswagen Beetle. Volkswagen Beetle. Beetle. <laughs> well you drive a gray one and you drive a new one but yes it, it like that everybody said that's the car he was driving yeah that's the car he was gonna first of all how do you hook on a cell boat to a volkswagen like the 1973 volkswagen beetle i i don't know like, and then can it be strong enough i don't know i'm not I really mean, uh, i don't know i'm not cars jessica help jessica <laughs> <laughs> and also like uh it, the remember another big thing about the car was the passenger seat was missing. Yes, and I think that's why one of the girls was like, mm, "Fuck no!" And I think once you were inside, the door wouldn't open from yeah. the inside, something like that. Yeah. So it's a oh death trap, yeah. basically. Like death proof? Have you seen death proof? No. Oh, okay, we're gonna what's watch that? It. Uh, the uh, Quentin Tarantino movie? No, I haven't. Seen okay, it. I haven't. We're gonna watch it. <laughs> okay. Yay! Love that movie. Um, maybe that's where they got their idea from, because that's exactly what happens. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So fucking scary. Uh, don't get into strangers' cars. <laughs> so, she and Rule calls and she's like, "Hey, like I think he looks like this guy I know." And then like she finds out that that's a car that he drives, and has a description. But they kind of put him in a file and like, because they have they're getting all these calls of like, "Oh, I think I saw him here. I think I saw him." Here. Yeah, like, so- or I think I know the guy. I think I know the guy. But. Ted had never had like any priors or like anything on his record so he was not like, like suspect in, yeah. number one he was like out of a thousand he was like number nine a thousand yeah like one. they weren't even though he had the same car it's like in that time who also didn't have the same car but yeah so they were looking for people that would fit more of a, a murderous uh like profile because again yeah. like I'll, I'll repeat this he was considered at the time a very handsome man who looked presentable, who doesn't fit what they would think a murderer would, would look like. Yeah. Okay. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> so, Anne Rule reports him and three other people, which includes Meg, his Oh, yeah, Meg. Yeah, uh, A professor that he used to have and then someone else reported him. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, he was put into, like, a bath. Like, they were like, okay, yeah, thanks. Whatever. Bye. 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 So Meg reports that in that year he's become sexually cold um, with him and that she just finds him weird. Like he's just like. Oh, yeah. Like a little like he's he's not detached. Yeah. Or like he's not even being sexual towards her. Yeah. That was like a big thing in the book. Like, yeah. Did you say that already? Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I was reading my notes. So So now he's in Salt Lake City. Melissa Smith goes missing. Carol Camaro. Oh, <laughs> there's this. Okay, so there's this other girl. Um, her name is Carol. She drives a Camaro. That's why I wrote Carol Camaro. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> Carol Camaro. So <clears throat> who drives a is, Camaro? Who drives a Camaro? This is another victim who, thank God, es- escapes and is able to later testify that this is the man who did this to me. Um, so Ted approaches her. Uh, and he tries to kidnap her, basically. So he's like, hey, your car got broken into. Do you want to come with me so we can go check it out together? They're at the mall. She goes, okay, yeah, because, you know, you're concerned. It's her brand new fucking car. Like, I don't want anyone. 
So she thinks he's a police officer or security guard. Gets into the, um, he's like, oh, we got to go to the office. So she gets into his car. And then she realizes, like, this thing does not have a seat. What the fuck? By the time she realizes that, car is going. She tries to get out. He manages to put a handcuff on her, but not on the other hand. And she kind of basically, oh, and then he hits her in the head, I think, with the metal rod. And then she's like, what the fuck? She gets out. What a fucking badass. Gets out and is able to find help. So, um, while Ted escapes my, um, like miles apart, he kidnaps this little girl named Debbie from a play, basically. Okay, so Debbie goes to watch a play with her parents at her high school, and then her little brother is at the skating rink. The play goes on for a little bit longer, and then he tells his parents, hey, you know, I'm going to go pick up my little brother. You guys can stay here and finish watching it. Play finishes. They don't see Debbie. They don't, their car is still there. The little brother never gets picked up. And what they find is the, uh, there's a key that they find. The police officers find a key and it matches Carol Camaro's, uh, it matches Carol's handcuffs. So they know that whoever tried to take Carol must have taken Debbie because they found that key on the floor. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, eight months, oh no, I'm just kidding. In 1975, a fall, um, uh, oh, Car- uh, Karen Campbell takes a trip to Aspen. Is never seen again. Um, four, and then four more wo- other women. Like, he's just, I guess, passing by. Um, where am I? It's passing by Aspen and four women go missing. They don't know what happened. They don't even know. Like, uh, they never really tied these to him. But they know he was there at that time and four women are missing. Yeah. Um, and then he's in Utah, and he, so he's trying, he, I guess he's just, like, driving around in the middle of the night, and this police officer notices a sketchy car, he's like, this is a nice neighborhood, no one's out at this time, it's, like, four in the morning, tries to stop, and he speds up, and he goes, once the cop catches up, he goes, oh, I think I'm lost, and he's like, what the fuck, he just, like, ran for stop signs, get the yeah. fuck out, so he finds, like, he find like, I guess he gets caught with, like, burgerly, burger, bur- burgers. <laughs> he gets caught with uh, four, <laughs> four double cheeseburgers. And the cop's like, your heart. <laughs> Cholesterol. What are you doing with all these burgers? <laughs> At least share. <laughs> Burger, I can't say the word. Burglar. Lurry tools. Bur- burglar tools. I don't think you have to say burglary. I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Suspicious tools <laughs> that insinuate yeah, he's gonna break into somewhere. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he's arrested, and um, I guess he's like put into a lineup, and then um, he kind of like matches the description of this mysterious Ted. And then because the the burglary tools <laughs> that were found. Or burglar tool. We're still debate- debating on that. But <laughs> um, were the burger tool. The, <laughs> the burger spatula. Tool. <laughs> it was a spatula. <laughs> the knife. I'm just, no, there was no bar. There was no. There was no bar. <laughs> there was a crowbar, right, or there some type of bar. And then, like, there was a uh, not a ski mask. There was like a pantyhose, like 
uh, yeah. mask with like two holes in it. And and he's like, I use that for skiing. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. And then gloves, I think. Gloves. And I think rope. Yeah. Tape, it was just stuff that, you know, is suspicious. It suspicious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then. May. Okay. So. Then. So he. Oh, <laughs> um, Bruno. No. It's my pups. So <laughs> he's arrested and then like Meg is interviewed. And then this is the thing. So she said that he would go out at night. He would nap during the day. Um, Every time a girl got missing or was missing, she was like, yeah, he wasn't with me. So he mm-hmm. had no alibi. Yeah. Um, And then she goes on saying like, yeah, 1974, the sex drive was gone. He got a book called The Joy of Sex, which included, like, bondage and, like, anal sex and, and like, which and then went into, like, choking. And then she was, like, like, no, like, I don't want to do this. It's, like, comfortable. Like, she was just, like, no. He knew. She knew he was mad, but he, he was, like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And then she said that he would have a fake mustache, which I think is so like, oh, yeah. fucking weird. Later he grows like a real one, right? <laughs> I think he so. and it, she says it. She's like, later he grows a real mustache. Like a man. <laughs> <laughs> but like Alway and Ro would describe him as is like he was always like well groomed, you know, mm. and he didn't look like a hippie, basically, because that was like the trend yeah. back then in the seventies. So uh, I went to my sloppy writing. Skip it. Okay. Skipping <laughs> it. Oh. Okay. So he's a blood type O, which is like later, you know, something important. Um, mm-hmm. During the. F- <laughs> <laughs> during the trials. I was going to say the files. <laughs> the files are. With the burgers. files <laughs> at the trial. And they probably ate burgers. So that's okay. Yeah. It all ties in, guys. Come on. Um, so it's November 20th. He's been freed. Like, uh, his parents basically pay his, like, don't touch my feet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't care. (laughs) I do care. So his parents kind of, like, bail him out of jail. So while he's awaiting trial, he's not in jail. So, but he's, like, being, um, what are you doing? (laughs) So he's being, um, kind of followed by the cops to make sure that he's not doing anything suspicious, which, you know what? They fucked up. They don't would have just... Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. They would have gotten him, like, you know, if they would have let him just kind of, like, give him a little bit more space, I guess. But then how do they see what he's doing? Maybe they were too close, because obviously he knew. There's was, like... He goes, mm, that cup cart behind me looks and suspicious. Wouldn't he also, like, tease them? He'd go up to the cops and can be like, hey, how you doing? Like, he knew exactly which ones were following yeah, him. Yeah, because he's a fucking creep. Yay. <laughs> so it's February 3rd, 1976. These are the trials. Uh, there's survival witnesses like Carol. Is this the Utah one? Yes. Okay. Uh, he's found guilty for kidnapping. Yes. But he can't be found guilty for the for uh Debbie's like disappearance basically because they everything is kind of substantial substantial evidence substantial evidence like like hearsay like people say I saw him but that doesn't always hold up in court well like one of the things like the handcuffs were kind of like the thing they were trying to get him on Mm -hmm. but he's like oh I found those in the garbage yeah 
So like, there's no proof that he actually owned a pair because he didn't have receipts or, or shit. receipts. So it's all like. But they knew he was there because of his credit card receipts for gas. Oh yeah, he's like That's... obsessed with getting gas. Wants to get to point A to point B. No, but they say like he wouldn't even be like halfway or like like a quarter of it, and he'd be filling up, and that's how they would know. Oh, because he kept where on he was. filling up every like other like like very how much quickly. gas does you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. But he would fill it up like really frequently, like more than a normal person. Yeah, and it was always like I think that was like his trail, basically. Yeah, his paper trail, credit card trail. Yeah, paper trail. <laughs> Burgers. We just had burgers too. <laughs> what this episode's gonna be called? <laughs> the Burger Trails. <laughs> <laughs> so he is found guilty, but he escapes. <laughs> oh yeah, he escapes. He gets caught and escapes again. Okay, so in this one he escapes by jumping off of the building, right? Yeah. And he like runs and then he's found in a forest. This, yeah. yeah. The second time he escapes, I think he grows like really skinny and does like something up on by the light fixtures and he escapes through the lights. Yeah, like he digs a hole. Yeah. And he, he like he was so smart in telling people and making sure everybody knew that the reason why he was losing so much weight was because the the food they served prisoners were so bad was like really bad. So he he fooled everyone, like cops, judges yeah. and everyone. Like he had he just like he was, if he if he if everybody if all the prisoners had to wear handcuffs like on their legs and their arms he didn't when they would go visit places eventually he would he wouldn't wear them because somehow he would sweet talk them into being like guys I'm not going anywhere just take them off me we're yeah. cool right just let me walk around the library I just want to learn legal stuff and then they would do it and then he would escape so yeah. I mean yeah there's a lot of issues with that. <laughs> So the second time he escapes, he goes to Florida. And this is like, I think this is where he's kind of losing it. Yeah. Because like shit happens. Like so much fucking shit happens. Like he gets sloppy. He does. So um, he starts like stealing credit cards and like he's because he doesn't have any money. Basically, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to like, you know, take out a credit card under his name because he's like, yeah, one he, of FBI's most wanted at this point. He has it. He takes on like an alias yes basically. so he goes to like a college campus and then he's like trying to like okay who's like the nerdiest like who doesn't have any okay yeah so he's like going off by different names he gets like a fake id and everything um and then he's like and rose like yeah he got um i guess she like talked to him she's like he got bored so in his because he was alone most of the time mm-hmm. so i'm pretty sure he's going crazy he does no one to talk to he's um you know just like going a little bit mad he knows that they're gonna catch him he doesn't want to go to jail so the kyle omega house murders um three so he goes in he attacks lisa um and one of the vicious things that they notice she's already dead like they come in she's dead yeah um and one of the like gruesome things that I, he i don't think they know that he's maybe done to the other girls because a lot of times when they found the other girls they were badly de- decomposed mm-hmm. um because, like, he probably just didn't bury them. He left them out and, like, the animals got to them. Yeah. So her nipple was bit right off. Yeah. I think it was – I think the way Anne Roll describes it, it's, like, hanging on by very little flesh. Like, how much? Like, ah. uh, so three other girls are dead. So after the girls find that their roommates are basically – they just got attacked because they did hear footsteps. One of the girls actually sees a man running out. 
They call the cops and the cops get there. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Next door, they hear banging from the basement around 4.37 a.m. And um, he's attacking the neighbors. Yeah, there's, yeah, another girl. So, like, after the, um, these are my notes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, after that, um, they catch him because they find him, like, at a, like, a routine, like, stop stop sign i think or a routine stop or a checkpoint like a routine checkpoint you know how we have those yeah um, and they ask for his driver's license and he goes eh, yeah caught me <laughs> yeah and i think also there was like a and maybe i hope i'm not confusing them because there was just so many times that he was like caught and then let go and then caught and then escaped and all that but i think um there's like a van that he steals because another way for him to get around is he would steal cars so he yeah. would steal credit cards to get paid for stuff Steal and then cars he would to get places. Yeah, and um, he would change them frequently enough that it was hard for them to figure out. Like, like he wasn't here, having a yeah. car for a month. He would steal it for like a day and then steal another car the next day. And basically, he ended up stealing like a van, and then he took the tags, like the license plates or something, off of it. And then they were like, "These tags don't go with this one." Yeah, and some some cop pulls him over for some whatever reason. Maybe it was that routine stop you're talking about. And he's like, he looks suspicious, so he looks into his car and he sees um, the tags that have been missing. Like, he's like, why do you have tags in the car? Like, different, yeah, yeah. he had like five other tags. And he's like, what the fuck? So then he like calls the cop. He's like, these are for my bar. Yeah. (laughs) Not like people have. (laughs) Yeah, and then the the cop was just kind of like, let me call these in. And that's when I think he starts running. Like, he's like, oh shit, like, I'm going back to jail. Yeah. And. I think he eventually even says something like, I wish you would have just killed me instead of, like, arresting me. Because he didn't want to go back to jail. He really He hated it. He hated I mean, I don't know who likes it. Yeah, but then, like, in a way, I mean, it sucks because he did kill so many people. But, like, how – well, I mean, he was mentally unstable. Like, he had a fresh start in Florida. And he even said it himself, like – I want to get a job. I have a new name. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to I'm going to be someone now. Yeah, and but... I'm I'm not going to do that again and well, he doesn't say I'm not going to do that because he didn't he didn't say he did anything. But like eventually um and I keep going with the summary. Sorry, because I don't know if I'm going to spoil it. No, I mean, I'm at the I'm at the end of my notes. Um I was just going to keep on talking because okay. I know what happened. Like I I Yeah, so I think uh <laughs> go for it. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. Uh, dang it. I just forgot. I forgot. So he doesn't want to go, but he goes in. And then it's so crazy how back then, like, Utah police, Sacramento police, and then, like, Florida police, they didn't want to work together to catch him. Yeah, like, like they, like, even the whole time the, the Florida trial was going on, Nobody really knew about the Utah murders or the Colorado murders. Like, murders? Murders. <laughs> the murders that happened in 1975. Like, 76. they didn't... Whatever. Dates. Um, like, Years. They didn't... They didn't know. I, I mean... It, they didn't want to leak that information because they wanted to be the one to be like, I caught him. But it was like, dude, if you would have just, like, fucking said something and this... 
that trial would have gone so much fucking faster. And also when they, because he was going off, I don't remember his alias name. It was like, was it Chris something? I don't know. Um, When they finally caught him and they were like interrogating him, they're like, what's your name? And he didn't want to say his name. Eventually he's like, oh, I'm Ted Bundy. And they were just like, who? Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> who? And he was like, you don't know who I am. I'm Ted Bundy. Yeah. Because he was expecting them to be like, oh, oh the infamous God. Ted Bundy, the murderer. But like, nobody no knew. No one knew. Yeah. Unless you were in that state, then you were like, you knew. Yeah. But if you, it didn't make like international news and like, stupid. Yeah. So then I think just to like end it, basically, he is in trial for these murders and then there's the he actually the biggest thing that i think uh was proven Kinda, yeah proven was uh when he was at the Kai Omega murders he, he bit, bit lisa what? in the buttocks yeah and so, so when he bit her he left his teeth impressions and which then, he has a really unique teeth impression. he got really fucked up teeth basically yeah and so when they did the like the molds to his teeth they were pro- they were able to prove that he is the one that bit him because they were like bit her, i were to bite like, if you were to bite another item, it would make the same impression. Like, this is him. And, and they did test it. They tested yeah. it on, like, uh, corpses in the morgue. They tested. So fucking weird. I know. <laughs> but they tested it because they wanted to test this theory. And that, make sure. Yeah, that every time he. And oh, then the, he tried to dismiss it by, like, oh, but I have a chip in my tooth. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so stupid. But no, they, they got him on that. That was, like, the. Oh moment of like we fucking got him yeah and then just to like also prove like he was very uh manipulative manipulative he really liked to be in front of the cameras he liked to uh very narcissistic i'm super smart i can do this all like he ended up at one point um wanting to represent himself himself, which he did yeah he wanted to represent himself he's like oh i'm better than all these other lawyers smart even though he really only went to law school for like a year and a half like he never finished yeah because, because he, he was off murdering people. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have time to study. Like, come on. Priorities. Um, <laughs> and so, like, eventually the jury uh, deliberates, and I think it's, like, nine, nine hours. hours. It doesn't take yeah. that long. And then they're, like, guilty. Eventually, like, he tries to, like, get Appeal. out of it and whatever. End of story. He dies. He gets uh, the death oh, sentence. Death sentence. Uh, One of the fucked up things that, I mean, that stuck with me was I think before he died or something – uh, they gave him a number. I think it was like 34 or 37, something like that. And he starts laughing. He goes, oh, you're missing a number. So they never know if it's like 374 or 376 or 137. So, yeah. Like, I think he said add add a number to that. Add a one to that. But they don't know if it's like, if you yeah. add a one to 74, it's 75. Yeah. Or 37, I mean. Or if it's 375. Or if it's 137. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, like, that, because he never said, like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. Like, I killed these people. And in conclusion, Anne Rule, uh, basically, like, it was a guilty pleasure for her. Not a guilty pleasure, like a, like a bittersweet moment when he was put to death. Because at the end of the day, like, she met, she obviously, like, all his victims was deceived by this man who, you know, was like, hey, like, you know, we're friends. Yeah. And then he was put to death. She was like, it makes me happy that no one else is going to die, but I'm also kind of losing a friend. Which also kind of, <clears throat> like, 
leads me to say, like, in The stra- the Stranger Beside Me, it's by Anne Rule. So Judith just kind of went through, like, Ted Bundy's life. But in the book, uh, she talks about, like, times Anne that they Rule. met. Yeah. So they when they first met at the um, suicide hotline, hotline thing, um, she would confide in him. Like, she was divorcing at the time, but then her ex-husband had cancer. So he was there for her. He was like a shoulder to cry on and they became really good friends. And um, he was not in Seattle. Like when he was doing his Utah murders and Colorado murders, she was in Seattle. And basically she uh, was helping the police because she's a journalist, kind of like just alongside investigating with the detectives. But never in the whole time that she was uh, writing these articles or, or, you know, also... um, trying to find who this murderer was she never knew she was actually she already knew him and which is why it's the the book title the stranger beside me because she knew him and they would actually go out for coffee they would meet up they would go out for dinner and like when he would come to seattle or like they write letters to each other they went together to their like holiday christmas party kind of like as a date but not like you know we're going together yeah and so that's like the biggest thing that's why this book uh, written by her kind of like judith said it's bitter, bittersweet at the end that she has to like like he died uh, and she's sad because he's a friend um and and this is where like this is where you had issues this is where i had issues okay. i think with the whole book and and i i think she's a great writer i liked how it was written i liked the pace of it i thought the her I, perspective of it i love how she gives every detail of every victim because you know it's important yeah and and i like the way she does it as if like she's almost narrating for him like yeah it's it's really well written but i had an issue with even when she everybody knows and even she knows that it's him she's still like she still would send him money and pay for his cigarettes and pay for his like food or whatever and she she was still like it kind of made me feel like she was still kind of like the fangirls that all these, apparently he was handsome. I don't know. I Googled it. I didn't think he was handsome. <laughs> but apparently at the time he was really handsome. And like in the courtroom, he would have rows of fangirls that would go and be like, oh, Ted Bundy. And like, you know, swooning for him. Oh, I forgot to mention he was married when he was in jail. And he has a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He eventually like he kind of finds a loophole or not a loophole, but he finds out that in court, if he, you ask somebody, can I, will you marry me? Cause you have to say specifically, will you marry me? And then if it's that legal. person says I do like, yes, you're then married. you're married. Oh, we should do that. Like super cheap. <laughs> Anyways, you gotta go to Florida. Anything's possible in Florida. And, um, so basically, reading like like how his fangirls would also probably send him money and do all this stuff like realizing that she did the same thing kind of made me feel like really unruly like you're being manipulated yeah like he's your friend i get it but then i'm also like what if she's playing the long game i'm your friend and at the end because i was your friend in quotes maybe she's not gonna admit it this way because it sounds kind of sleazy to be like i did that because I'm going to write a book about you one day. No, he asked. Uh, she uh, you I know get she to- told I know she told him because I, I and he was like, yeah, you can write a book because she he gets it. She's a journalist. But like, uh, no, but, he, but he, then if he, if you think about it, there could have been. Um, but it could have been like he's using her because, you know, like he's you said he likes the attention. He likes the, you know, fandom. He wants to be like 
Like, yeah, I'm Ted Bundy. Like, how do you not know me? Come on. It's like me. You got to know me on the streets now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex is shaking his head like, no. <laughs> no, I, I get it. But if, if she would have admitted from the beginning, Ted, I know you did this, which she never does, Mm-mm. he would have stopped communicating with That's her. That's true. So, so in, maybe in, it was just insight. Yeah. Instead, she's like, oh, I don't know if it's true or not. Here's money for your cigarettes. And then he's like, oh, thank you. You're still a friend. Here's my life and information. Yeah. Because if she would have, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. But, you know, to be like, you did it. I'm no longer talking to you. Despite the the book deal that I could possibly have. Um, You're writing a book? <laughs> no, I'm not. Not yet. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So I think that's where I had a, I struggled. And I get it. I'm trying really hard to understand her point of view. Like she knew him before she knew he was a murderer, but then after you become, after you know, he's a murderer, how do you still see him? Like as as a friend. friend. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to drink. Um, I could have, I, she, at the end of the book, uh, you didn't finish it. I I mean, why do you have to say that? Judith? (laughs) Um, she was like, I I had pages like pages away. Pages away. Come on, guys. We're so like no. For at school. the very end, she says, "I know I I was manipulated into thinking I was his friend." Yeah. So at the end, she kind of admits it, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. So I have a couple notes about it. Like I put Enroll almost loves him too much, like yeah. a mom? Question mark. And then I put also he's not handsome because she she mentions that at one point like if she, I were younger I could have like dated him or like, he can okay and that's can, creepy because yeah. she's a mom with like kids and stuff so she's older and so that's where I'm like not only were you possibly manipulated but maybe you had a thing for him like yeah maybe that's why she kept on this relationship of like manipulation but then also people who manipulate you you don't like sometimes you don't know you're being manipulated into like further reflection there being sadness. I guess I put I also have a note that says I did it like how Enroll tried so hard to make Ted comfortable come on he killed how about we make the parents of the dead children comfortable yeah because that, she said that she was like you know I want to make sure he's comfortable in jail like come on he killed like he's uh, a murderer a murderer I tell you uh don't oh and there's even a part where i think they were talking on the phone and ted ends the conversation and he says don't talk to strangers unless they talk to you first and i was like no they're gonna murder you yeah like don't talk to strangers no matter if they talk to you first like no (laughs) um yeah and then i think the really cool part that i was like i wish you would have touched upon a little bit more uh, when she talks about, like, um, what is now known as antisocial personality. And back then it was, like, a psychopath and his, like, super ego and consciousness. And then it goes back to, like, when he was a child and how um, from, like, I guess he really idolized what he thought was his dad, but it wasn't. It turns out to be his grandpa and how his grandpa was abusive and he um, he kind of resented his mom for for moving for moving because he's like no I'm gonna be with my who he thought was dad yeah but he saw like a lot of messed up things at a young age and so there that he probably suppressed yeah and then he turned out he to, t- 
he used whatever tactics because he was abusive towards his wife. Uh, maybe that's what he thought was okay to do to women. And then, um, and then uh, the really crazy part was the breaking point, I think, for him, and you kind of mentioned it, was Stephanie uh, humiliated him when, uh, when she broke up with him. And so in the mind, he went into, like, being a boy again, and some, he lost his favorite toy. So he mm. it broke him in the sense of like I have to get you back and I need that. That is that is my toy and like he went into this like he never really grew up. So he he went ahead and he did the whole thing he did where like oh we're friends. Um let's get engaged and then I'm going to dump you cuz I have to win. Yeah, and then all the women resembled Stephanie. They all had the same hair, the same kind of look. Um and then I think they men- it mentions in the book that every time he did this to a woman, it was like he was getting his revenge on Stephanie. Stephanie. So he was taking it out, like how angry he was with Stephanie on, on these all these women that looked like her. And, um, and then he was, uh, lastly, he was like unable to, to under- understand the need of others. Yeah. So, like, everything was what he needs, what he needs, what he needs to My survive, needs. to basically everything. But he was unable to understand the needs of others. Like, if you need help, how do I help you? He couldn't understand that psychologically. It, it was all only about his needs. And that's where, uh, like, the super ego comes in of just, like, me, me, me. Me, me, me. So, and, and he learned um, how to mimic other people's like what you're supp- what he thought you were supposed to say and do to feel things. So like when um he actually ends up find out finding out that Meg uh called the cops on him. And a normal reaction would probably be like how could um, you how could you turn me in? Why would you think that about we're me? We're going to break up, whatever. But he forgave her because somehow he didn't understand the emotion that he should have actually felt. It was just like kind of like okay. So it was it was a crazy book, uh, very, very long. Yeah, it, it was long, but I feel like it was very informative. Um, the people I mentioned who were his victims are not all of his victims. There's more, like, um, please read the book. Like, if you thought this was very interesting, like, the book is way more interesting and uh, way more fucked up in the sense of, like, details in the, each murder and um, I feel like it kind of does a justice for those poor victims that we are acknowledging what happened to them and, you know, feeling a little bit of, you know, satisfaction that he did get caught. Yeah. And I just wish they didn't murder him so soon. I wish they would have studied him. That's my takeaway on this. <laughs> ah, but I can't control the death penalty. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But that is The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Roll. All right. We're back. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> we had a break. <laughs> so um, that was Anne Roll's The Stranger Beside Me. Hope you really enjoyed it. And for next week, we will be doing something that Roxana recommended to me. And I really, 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 really am excited to read it. <laughs> um, and the story is Wilder Girls by who is it? Uh, it Rory Power. 
Rory Power. Yeah, Rory. Wilder Girls by Rory Power. Rory. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to go ahead and read that. It's a little bit, uh, um, from my understanding, we're going to shift gears again. <laughs> we're just kind of trying all types of genres. But this is a um, kind of like a take on Lord of the Flies, but with uh, girls. So it's going to be... Um, a little bit gruesome, I think, and is what it's what I'm expecting because Lord of the Flies is, is gruesome. So that's kind of what I'm expecting, and we yeah. won't talk about it because we want you to read it. <laughs> yeah, that's next time. <laughs> yeah. So um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Send us an email. Yes, an email or just on somewhere on our Instagram or Twitter. Just put like what you want us to read. Um, or yeah, what you want us to read. Because we will read most of the things. I mean, if it sounds appealing, I'll read it. Yeah. If it doesn't, sorry. It might <laughs> just, you know, it'll be put down on the list of things we want to read. And <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. Sometime. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So, I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.